This episode is brought to you by Third Eye Cacao. We're so happy to have a brand new sponsor. We want you to support our sponsors because they make these shows possible. Third Eye Cacao is on a mission to preserve ceremonial grade cacao in the world and invite others on a journey from their head to their heart. Cacao is a fruit where chocolate comes from and is one of the most nutrient dense superfoods on the planet. It has been called the elixir of the gods for its ability to open up the heart. Studies have shown that the same endorphins that get released when you are falling in love for the first time, cacao has the power to induce also. It's like the best feeling in the world and cacao has that for you here at Third Eye Cacao. Overall, cacao has the powerful ability to begin any day with intention and ceremony. Use promo code TIMEWHEEL, that's T-I-M-E-W-H-E-E-L, at checkout and save 11% at thirdeyecacao.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. It is the underwear with the dual pouch system. One pouch for one part of the male anatomy, another for the other part of the male anatomy. Not only is the underwear the most comfortable underwear you'll ever wear, but it also has the most stylish designs and patterns. The fabrics actually have a cooling effect when you put them on for the very first time. Your body will thank you because it's one of the hottest parts of your body. So cooling it down with these special fabrics that Sheath provides is a nice experience. The proof is in the pudding. We have a 100% money back guarantee on the very first pair. If you don't like it, we'll send you your money back. Go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RPG and save 20%. We appreciate your support. Back to the show. Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheath. A Time Wheel production. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I'm Bobby the Bank, and I'm here with Director of Fitness at The Mark in New York City, um, Dan Flores. Thank you for joining me. Robert, thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, having the time to make it time for me. I'm happy to meet you. Happy to be here. Thanks. You come highly regarded from a friend of um, who's high, like Stephen. He's super into fitness, and he was showing me your Instagram. And you'd have some unique techniques for just maybe getting more fit, right? Um, like that, like the one minute pull up. You've been you've been a personal a fitness trainer for t- over twenty years, and I'm sure yeah. you've you've learned a lot along the way. Um, you know, so we'll start with the one minute pull up, like if you don't mind. Like what's yeah. what's the deal with that? So so the one minute pull up came um as a part of um a journey that I was on. You know, I was I was into like traditional strength training as, as a as a as a pro athlete, as as a strength coach. Um 
and I got I got into personal training, and you know, after a while, I, I just kind of get bored, and I try to get into like new stuff. Exactly. And I found I found this stuff called uh, heavy duty training, like Mike Mentor's like heavy duty training. I was fascinated with the idea that you could like do one set to failure and, um, you know, not have to train for like, you know, hours and hours and hours. So I'd like dove deep into like this whole high intensity training gig. And like ba- basically it's like one set to failure. So you do like, you know, five exercises for like three to five minutes per exercise. And then like your workout was over. and um, I just was just fascinated that you could just do that. And, uh, I tried it for a little while, did it for a little while. Um, fast forwarding to the one minute pull up, um, it, that always stuck with me that, you know, you could, you could do something and you could do a set of one thing and like, you know, like get the biggest bang for your buck. If you uh-huh. did the right, did like that one set properly. Um, so the one set, the one minute set was just like a, was just like a challenge. I was just, you know, filling around on Instagram. I was like, I, I can do this one minute pull up because what I would do is I would find these guys that could do like three and four minute pull ups or three and four minute push ups. So it was just like it was just a play on that, uh, just trying to have fun with it. And um, and your buddy saw it, and it kind of caught a little. It kind of caught some momentum. But um, yeah, it was just it was just another way to like kind of skin the cat without without lining up and doing the uh, same old you know three sets you know twelve right. Reps. Yeah, exactly. It seems like you're kind of getting away from the routine of working out and kind of mixing it up a little bit and keeping it fresh and fun. Keeping it fresh, man. Always. always. I- so, and it's not just a one minute, you're not doing a minute of pull-ups, you're doing one pull-up and like, is it 30 seconds up and 30 seconds down? Right. Yeah, it was it was, it was a challenge for like a, like a 30 second up, 30 second down, but but the, but but the spirit of um the 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 hit training was was that you would do a set uh for 80 60 to 80 seconds and you would do like 8 to 10 reps okay um so like if you if, you know if you, if you if you if you broke that down into like you know seconds per rep, per rep it's like you know 15 seconds per rep uh, ah, if you were like being like true true to the like methodology but of course i like i like made my own you know made my own uh, version of it uh, okay um and so i mean steven was telling me about it and, and it just like his he said his back muscles were just like super shredded from that yeah yeah I, just and I, I don't know I'm, i work out but i'm i'm a little bit like i have that kind of thin layer of fat i'm fit mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. i'm rarely am i ripped you know, it's like super hard to lose that. Maybe it's the wine, but there's like yeah, a, a layer. I did see you take a sip before. I did, <laughs> I did, I did, I did notice that. I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna let that go. Um, I'm into wine as well. We can, we can, we can talk about that later. I was wondering if that was a Cabernet or a Pinot Noir, but it's a Malbec. Uh-huh. Oh, I was close. I was close. Yeah, I mean, with the, apparently it's supposed to be the best one for your heart, and I don't typically drink in excess, but I do like to have a little bit of wine pretty much every day. Yeah. I was on that too. I was on that kick too, a bottle a day. Uh, uh, we can yeah. talk about that at some point yeah. before we hop off. Yeah. Um, well, so how do you, I mean, is it diet? Is it fitness? Is it, I mean, it's a combination. If someone's trying to cut up like that's right on the brink ish, what do you, what do you, what do you tell them to do? Um, 
Honestly, uh, it's most, I mean, each person is different, I think, you know, so obviously you have to look at what the person's doing, who they are and whatnot. But I think for the most part, um, most people are going to run into the food issue, right? It's like that last two to 300 calories mm-hmm. that the person has to be able to get into a deficit with, right? So that person might be drinking a glass or two too much, right? So that's like 300, 400 calories right there, right? Uh, or they're eating a dessert a little too much, right? Um, two, three hundred calories too much. That's like one approach. My other approach would be to say, all right, well, you can you can exercise or you know burn those two, three hundred off, which is which is harder. Obviously, um, a lot of people don't really keep that in mind, but it's harder to burn off than it is to um, not eat. Uh-huh. Right? It's much easier to not eat a bagel than it is to go run three miles. Right? Your choice. Right. right? Um, uh- but I think most people fall into the trap of trying to exercise it off which is a trap yeah that's uh you can tell yourself you're going to do it consistently but then what's going to fall off first is probably the working out and not the eating of the donuts yeah i I was doing a like my morning routine i get my water i drink about one of these and before I kind of yeah, yeah. start my day, really, it's like 32 mm-hmm. ounces of water and then a cup yeah. of coffee. And then I was having bacon and <laughs> because <laughs> I would, I needed something to wash down the like vitamins and everything. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't get an upset stomach, but about in December, I went to the doctor. They said my blood was a little, the cholesterol was a little bit high. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we'll stop the bacon. And now yeah. I'm doing oatmeal in the morning Mm -hmm. it's pretty good and i i I can tell just from that change of from bacon to oatmeal a pretty significant fitness difference like a couple inches have been lost so i mean how much much bacon were you eating though i mean because bacon four or five strips (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right yeah that'll get you that'll get you that's that's easy a few hundred calories right there yeah and but it was just bacon but it was a decent amount of bacon yeah every day. and yeah. i would switch it up with turkey occasionally but mm-hmm. still i guess i mean i don't count calories you know what i mean it's like that's too many it's too much shit to think about <laughs> that's why you need a fitness trainer though right like to kind of yeah. go tell you what to do but but sometimes. you know what though robert though it is it is there is some value i think in people having some experience counting and, and, and understanding the value of food, right? It's like people understand the value of money, like how much things cost, right? Clearly there's no, there's no confusion, but rarely, I think rarely less often do people understand the value of food. Like I have, you know, clients that come to me and they're like, uh, like I have this new client, he's a young guy in his thirties and he's like, yeah, um, my girlfriend, uh, she, she like for breakfast has like an avocado and like, you know, breakfast burritos. And I'm like, dude, that's easily, you know, 800 calories right there. Like what? Like how? Like in his mind, it's healthy, right? It's healthy. H-E-H-Y healthy. But it's like one avocado is two serving. Each serving is about 300 calories, right? So it's like, if if you don't, like you might not be into numbers and counting and all that. I'm not saying that you should, but you should at least have an idea of how much the food you're eating is worth, the value of it, the, the caloric value. And once you understand it, then you don't have to count because you can kind of like eyeball it, look at your plate, and be like, "Oh, you know what? This is this is four servings of right uh, of an avocado. So I'm just going to have a quarter of an avocado as opposed to a whole avocado." Yeah, you'll make you you make smarter choices. Okay, and that's what you do. 
Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Personally, 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 yeah. I mean, I've you know, I've done like, um, and I do this with clients too. We kind of like work on like them understanding macros, right? Macronutrients and like tracking their macros. You know, there's like this expression: if it fits your macros, you may have, you may have heard of that that acronym, right? Uh-uh. It's just idea. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Um, uh, uh, if it so, I I F uh, Y M. Right? If it fits your macros, it's this idea like. Once you, once you know what your macros are for the day, right? So macronutrients are like carbs, fats, proteins. Uh, I mean, alcohol technically is a macro, but, you know, you just look at food in three, in the lens of three categories or three buckets, right? Fat, carbs, and proteins. And then, so if you were my client, I'd say, all right, Robert, you, 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 you have to eat for the day 100 grams of protein, 300 grams of carbs, and then 70 grams of fat. Right. Okay. And you would you would track your food for the day. You use like an app like My Fitness Pal or you know any other apps that are out there, Fitbit mm-hmm. or whatever. And you would input your food like a diary when you ate it, and the app would calculate your macros based on the portions you told it. Then at the end, it would it would spit out a number. Right. So basically, you go through the day adding up all of your uh, macros to get to your target for the day. Right. However, which way you get there, it doesn't okay. matter. So if it fits your macros, you could eat pizza, uh, right? If it fits your macros, right? So you could, right, spend, you know, most of your fat and your carbs on pizza and then be left with protein, right, for the rest of the day. And if you if you ate food that got you to those macros, you could eat pizza every day. Uh, you, you, you could eat pie every day or you could eat, right, egg, egg whites and... You know, you can have bacon every day if it fit if it if it fit into your macros. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, um, little tidbit: we just got these four little chickadees, chickens, and they're little babies, and we're gonna mm-hmm. grow Literally. them so we can get eggs. And have you ever had like fresh eggs? Oh, uh, I have. I have. I I couldn't I I couldn't tell the difference if, uh-huh. if I had fresh eggs or not. Yeah, but so I've never had fresh eggs to my knowledge. I'm like, I was looking forward to the awesomeness of the fresh eggs because you you hear about people that hunt. Have you ever hunted? No, I'm I'm actually due to hunt um, uh, this summer uh, with a friend, but no, I've never. Me either, and but I feel like the fresh kill and the fresh meat, and it's supposed to mm-hmm. have more macro mm-hmm. nutrients, mm-hmm. perhaps, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of with the eggs. You know, the longer they sit on the shelves, maybe they lose some of that energy. But it's all theory yeah. in my mind because I don't know. Did you? Did you? Did you know? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Did you know? And I just found this out that you don't have to refrigerate eggs. I just found that out as well. <laughs> the, I did. They're natural. I did not know that. Yeah, when you get them fresh, I guess they can go unrefrigerated for like weeks. But yeah, well, like, I'll, I'll find out soon enough. I like went to a friend's house once and um, it was like a party, a birthday party. And like, I went to the back to get a drink and like, they had like all these groceries, like, like a pantry basically. And I like go in the pantry to like get a drink. And I like, I look, I'm like, Oh, the eggs are out. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, dude, you like left your eggs out. He goes, no, no, no. They, they, that's where they stay. I'm like, well, you'll leave them in the fridge. He's like, no, nah, they've been there for weeks. They're, they're fine. Like, yeah. I think most I'm like, people I'm don't, probably don't know that. I would imagine most people, especially from New York, might think like, yeah, there's no way. Definitely, yes. I'm from Brooklyn, too, so we definitely don't know anything about that. 
Okay, so you're like from you were like born and raised in New York. Uh, yeah, I'm born in Man- I'm born in, in Manhattan. Um, literally born in Manhattan, raised in Brooklyn, uh, and I live and I reside in Brooklyn and Bed Stuy. Bed Stuy, do or die. That's wild to me because just to, a to stay in the same place your whole life, and but also like I'm looking at a mountain and miles of pine tree, the tops of pine trees and you're like in the middle of it. You're in the heart of the city and you know, that, that type of upbringing and and lifestyle and busy go get them sort of energy seems like it could be a lot. Yeah. 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 It's different. It's different, man. It's, um, you know, you're talking about looking out the window at the mountain. I'm looking out my window and my neighbor's the back of my neighbor's, um, shared back, our shared backyard, you know, four story building, like, there's no view unless I go out to the country. Um, and I love it. I yeah. Love it. I mean, there's its own skyline, New York City. So I can imagine it being quite energizing. You know, and that's if that's all you've ever known, right? Then you're used to it. Yeah. And obviously, it's doing something. I mean, people, how is it there now? You know, like New York. Uh- yeah, New York. Um, New York's opening up. It's it's opening up. Uh, it's is opened up. Uh, things are booming. Restaurants are booming. Energy's good. Um, cases are going up. Um, COVID cases. So people are starting to kind of like be a little more, a little bit more cautious. But um, in general, o- overall cases are, are are moderately low, but they're they're creeping up. The energy's good, man. And people are people are uh, excited. The city, um, the city is had a, has had a rough stretch with like crime and um the subways are really bad and the homeless problem and you know drug you know there's a, there's a there's a drug um gang kind of an issue in some bad neighborhoods throughout the city um and people are really looking for this this new mayor to like turn things around because uh, a lot of folks who've been here for a long time are remind are, are getting reminiscent of the, the of the 80s when it was really bad with crime and the city was in bad shape um, I don't think I don't think we're there, but definitely we got to fix some stuff. I listen to these two comedians, Mark Norman and Joe List, and they t- have a podcast called Tuesdays with Stories. And Joe List talks about how the homeless people just come out of the corners and t- like they'll attack you or just harass you or yell at you or do like some. It's kind of he said it's kind of scary at the moment a little bit. He's t- he doesn't where, want to where, take where is that. Uh, I think it was, I think it was the comedy stand, the cellar, like there, I don't know where that kind of stuff is. Where, in New York city? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I ride the subway every day to and from work. Um, and I can just tell you, um, I've, you know, I've ridden, I've ridden the subway for 20 plus years, uh, going to work. It's never been as bad as I've seen it now in that. The homeless are just like on the subway, like it's their living room, and like you'll feel like I step out of my 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 home subway that I that I take every every evening. Uh, I step out onto the platform, and it's as if this is the analogy I tell people is it's as if I stepped into their living room. Like people are like sprawled out, like getting comfy, like tucked in for the night. They're on they're on iPads. They're you know there's like they're all plugged it, in. It, 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 it like it like reminds me of like remember when like you would like be like hanging out with your friends after school 
and like kids hang out like in packs and yeah. like, they're like hanging all over each other, like on a stoop or like a stairwell, just a pack mm-hmm. of kids, like friend, like that's what it reminds me of. Like this band of like homeless people, they, they just hang out and this is like, this is where they do it. They do drugs, they hang out, they like, they probably do other things like, but it's wow. wild. You get up the subway after work, you're like, Whoa, what did I, what did, what did I just walk into? Freaky. Yeah, I, yeah, freaky. Yeah, I mean, and I hear San Francisco is very similar. And these are two of the richest cities in the country, in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's something foul at play. They're trying to get everyone to leave New York City so they can kind of restructure it. And, and same thing with San Francisco. They, they're trying to get people. I feel like they're trying to get people to leave so they can rebuild it into smart cities. I heard this conspiracy mm. and, and it was interesting. Like, yeah. They're trying to, you can't ask people to leave. So you, like if you put enough homeless people in the city, enough people will leave to whatever I'm crazy, but whatever like agenda that the mm. new world order has in place, they were trying to clear out some of the, this, these, major markets so that they can do whatever that is that they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say, I would say that, um, whether that's, whether that's true or not, I, I, uh, I, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> I would say, I would say that the thing about New York, unlike other cities and what my, my business partner, um, put it so well, it was like New York. Cause I said to him like over a year ago, like I'm, I'm finally bearish in New York city. Like, like crime, like like all all of the bad things are too bad. Like this, this is a tipping point. He's like, Dan, New York City is for the cream of the crop. He goes, people will always want to come here, um, and he's right. Like people left, like yeah. people left New York, and people just filled their places. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still New York, right? Right. So uh, that's the that's the that's the X factor that that the uh, New World Order hasn't factored in because. Uh, People still want to come here. Other people still want to come here. Yeah. So that didn't, the, the void was filled up immediately. <laughs> How are prices going up or down or staying the same for things like real estate, inflation food? Is crazy, man. Inflation, inflation is crazy. Um, inflation is crazy. Like the cost of everything is going up. Home, home prices up. Uh, my, thankfully my home is in that, is in that up category. So that's nice, you know, I'm, though. A, I'm, a, I'm a beneficiary of that, but, right. um, you know, if you're selling, it's a great time to sell. If you're buying, it's tough. Um, the cost of food has gone up significantly. The cost of gas as most people are experiencing has gone up a lot. Interestingly enough, I find that, um, at the higher end, things have gone up even more like luxury. Luxury has gone up and it almost feels like, and again, I, you know, I'm a luxury good, like personal trainer, personal yes. training, like in a luxury hotel. Um, but like, like merchandise, like clothing and like bags and stuff and like expensive meals, it feels like those have gone up even more than everything else. And it almost feels like they're taking advantage of the fact that there's inflation to like gouge even more. It's like, you know, if you want to buy a Louis Vuitton bag, you're going to pay double, triple, mm. right? If you want to go to, uh, Nobu, um, you know, you're going to spend 500 bucks. Like that is insane to me. Like, well, and there was the, um, 
the supply line kind of shortages were a thing. We literally had to raise prices or we were going to sell out a product and, you know, the law of supply and demand and Mm -hmm. we didn't have the supplies. So we had to raise the price. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Although we're not like jacking it up. We raised it a couple pennies, Mm -hmm. you know, just to make sure we don't, it was a couple bucks, but that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I learned. One of the things I learned in school that actually did make sense, but uh, we're kind of all over the place. You're a personal trainer. Yeah, you are the, you're the product, you know? So that's interesting. And in how, how you rate your pay scale is, is up to you. And I guess also the demand of your clients and how your, how well your reputation is. I would think of your price scale to be somewhere along the lines of a lawyer or a doctor or something, but I don't, what is, is that a fair comparison? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's funny. I was just talking to a client today. I left an appointment uh, just before I got on with you, and I was just telling my client how busy, like, I've gotten. Like, I'm busier now than ever. Like, I looked at my calendar for the next two weeks. I'm like, ugh. I'm like that. I have like a sinking oh, no. feeling. Like, yeah, it's great to make money, but like, when you feel in most, your life's gonna be like all about work for the next two weeks. It doesn't always feel so good. Right. But uh, he was saying to me, Dan, up. Oh, that means you gotta raise prices. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at the high end of, of the, of the personal training spectrum. Like my clients are, you know, high, high earners, typically lots of, you know, strong disposable incomes, uh, to wealthy, up to wealthy, you know, folks, CEOs and, uh, people, and whatnot. See, uh, honestly, more, more, um, more finance. Okay. Uh, families, so husbands that are in finance, the wives that are the you know the spouses of, uh, and their children and their friends and like their like their circle, right? So these are people who are entrepreneurs. They're, you know, they're they're investors. They're, you know, old money. Oftentimes, um, got a lot of time yeah, on their hands, maybe, also or not, because I found like I was working out more when I was kind of just I was basically retired for like two years during COVID and we, we outsourced everything. We brought a lot of stuff back in house that, so I'm literally working at a warehouse now Mm. again. And so my workouts are kind of slightly suffering. We're still transitioning into this new, we it's got, we got like a where a warehouse slash store here in, in my Woodland park. And we thought it would be fun, but now it's like, fuck, we're having to work a lot more than mm-hmm. maybe we thought we were going to have to. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we're still transitioning. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess it seems like you have a, a, a variance of clients. Do, do any of them like you to like be like a hardcore kind of like militant, like drill sergeanty type of coach or do or do they vary or do you have your what yeah. kind of style do you have and how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I've, um, so I've been, I've been at this end of personal training spectrum for, uh, about, you know, 20 plus plus years. And when I say this end of the spectrum, I think there's all types of, people who, who hire personal trainers, right? There's people who are, you know, they're, they're, they're very budget conscious. I think everyone's budget conscious, but like, you know, short term, they're like short term, like I got to lose 10 pounds. Let me hire a trainer. I'll lose 30 pounds. I'll get married. I want to hire a trainer. Then you yeah. have um, people who, who I call 
um, lifestyle um, consumers where like this is they they want someone to 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 manage their their fitness right because they're going to do this fitness thing for the for the next foreseeable future like they know that they have to do it and they want to hire someone to to make sure that, that they're doing it right it's a much different category those two that i described right the budget right the short term versus like like tell me what to do dan i'm and i'll and i'll do it tell me how often i should do it tell me where to do it and i'll do it and um you know those people yeah they want results they want uh, when, I, when I say those people, those people who are the longer term clients, they, they want results. They want, um, you know, program design, they want nutrition. But I found that at the end of the day, um, what is oftentimes more important is the experience that they have in the gym. When I say the experience, do they enjoy coming back to see you? And if you can nail that, the programming, the nutritional stuff becomes secondary to the experience in the gym. And what I mean by that is how do they feel? Do they like to see you? Are you, do you have enough conversation to keep them entertained while they're working out? Right. Do they regret coming back? Do they regret the hour? Do they regret the third day of the week? And it's like the better you can be at making it interesting and fun and the thing that they want to come back to, then you have a client for life in, 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 in a lot of instances or, or, or at least two to five years. So you just think about the math on that, right? Let's just say, you know, a trainer's charging, let's just say in New York, average trainer's charging, let's just say a hundred bucks. Trainer's charging a hundred bucks, person's training two, three times a week, right? That's two, six, um, you know, that's three, up to $900 a month, right? Wow. That's, about, that's about, right, that's about 10 grand or so a year um, for two to three years. So that person's worth 30 to 40 grand to a trainer that can keep them coming back. And it's yeah, the life, about results. Lifetime value of the customers. Yeah, so you wanna keep them, that's part of it, Enter, like entertained, I guess, to an extent. You don't want them getting bored, essentially, during the process. You want them to leave feeling good. Feeling good, feeling like, you're, you know, they're doing new things. They're building new skills. They're, they're just not spinning their wheels. Like not wasting time, progress. Yeah. Progress. And, it, and it isn't, it isn't about results and it isn't right. Cause I've, I've had clients, um, before the pandemic blew things up. Uh, I had clients for 18 years. Client paid me for 18 years. Think about that. 18 years. That's regularly. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. You know, my average client is with me. Um, at least four, four, four to five years on average. Wow. That's amazing. That's a long time. So, so, you know, when I, when I meet someone, I don't, I don't expect them to leave in six months. Yeah. Most and, people quit the gym after like a, the first you know month or whatever. Right. So for you to keep them that long, I think mm -hmm. that says something, but also just joining a gym is completely different than having a personal coach yeah yeah and and that's and that's really that's really that's really that it, it is it is it's like it's like their hairdresser it's like their barber it's like their doctor it's like you don't quit your doctor you know right you and keep, you know you haven't i guess it's kind of like an accountability partner in the sense to also you're i'm paying you to make sure i'm working out 
and you coach me along the way and make sure I'm doing everything right and kind of maybe give me some motivation and mental tools to keep going and stuff like that. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over the years, over the years, I've, um, you know, I've, I've realized that the more I can be a value add. So a lot of my sessions, yeah, they're workouts, they're catch-ups, they're hangouts in some instances, right? You go for coffee sometimes before or after. Um, um, but a lot of times they become consultations, um, fitness consultations. You know, we're talking about, their, you know, what they're eating, how they have been eating, what, what they could be doing differently um, to, you know, make it easier, to make it better, or to, right? So it's this ongoing process of just adding value, right? I'm, I'm just always looking for ways to add value uh, and reasons for them to feel like they need me and my services of value to them. Well, you're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur. You got to provide value so they keep coming back. That's what we do. We have a product, Sheath Underwear. You might have heard of it. Yes. Uh, people yes. love it, but it's you, you can't just have a good product because there's other great you know, fitness coaches out there. There's other good underwear companies out there. So mm -hmm. then what, el what, el what else are you going to do to make mm -hmm. sure that you're setting yourself apart to create this relationship for the long term? Because we, you know, we want our customers coming back lifetime value, not thirty or forty thousand dollars. Soon, soon. Maybe you never. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> some of them. We have people that have spent thousands of dollars over the past couple of years. I don't know if they're buying them for their friends, but yeah. You know, we just, we get the product, then you do the service and then just build on that. Anything else you can throw in there to make everything more um, remarkable, I guess. Because you want people telling their friends most likely about your your service, you know. So, and same with us and our product. We want people telling their friends. But now it sounds like you're having, you're a little bit over in, in, in high demand. So that might, what would you, do you ever think about like expanding and getting people underneath you or, you know what I mean? Like developing a brand? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, prior, just prior to the, prior to the pandemic, we had, you know, I had trainers. Um, so at my, at my current situation at the hotel, you know, I'm the, I'm the fitness director there. I, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm the trainer. I'm the, I'm the point person when a guest wants to work out. Um, and if, you know, oftentimes people have other requests besides training, right. Or maybe they want a woman or they want to do something else like yoga or whatever. Right. I have other trainers that, you know, cause I'm in like a, I'm in like a, um, not a Mac is the wrong word, but like, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in like the, like a, like an epicenter of personal training. It's called the Upper East Side of Manhattan and Ooh. there's gyms and there's tons of trainers and lots of big box you know, um, fancy gyms that have been around. And, um, yeah, I've, I've made a lot of relationships over the years. So I'm able to pull trainers, um, to, you know, to provide the services that, that the guests might want. So, um, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I, I do the training and then I find trainers for guests that need other services. And, you know, that, 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 that was a nice little, a nice little business. Um, but it's, it's tough managing people. Um, you know, especially when you're, when you're working full time, you know, training clients, right. So balancing, you know, managing people, 
gets tough when you're like doing eight sessions in a day or like, you know, you're busy training your own clients. Right. So it's tough. It's, it's a, it's a tough balance. That, yeah, I was curious about that because you're the director of fitness at the hotel, but then you have your own clients and that seems like you would not have any extra time in the day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, like, like you, you make time for what's important or you block out time so you can handle like administrative stuff, but it, that, that does become the challenge, right? Cause you want to say yes to everything for yourself. But at the same time, you want to make sure that the people that you're setting up, um, with, with, uh, with a trainer or a service are getting good quality service. And if they're not right, I'm the person that they're looking at to, to fix an issue. Right. I got to send an invoice, right. To invoice the client as well. Right. So it's like, you know, it just, it just gets tough. I mean, that's one of the things about entrepreneurship is that it's not just about providing the service. Once you become the entrepreneur, like at a job, you just do your service and you take off when you're an entrepreneur, you're responsible for everything. All of it. Right? Yeah. All of it. Yeah, all the back end. So we kept uh, what paperwork. you wish for. <laughs> we kept what you wish for. Exactly. Sometimes I, I look back at some old jobs where I was just going to my little cubicle and I did my little job and I was good at it. I people came to me when they needed reports done and but at the end of the day I could go home and forget about it. Whereas now it's never ends and um you know, I make it, you make decent money, but is it, if you don't have any time left, then it's kind of like the quality of life. It's about being balanced and that's, yeah. um, I'm still working on that. I do you do anything on the other side of the spectrum. Well, so, cause like, how do you stay so positive? Do you, cause I imagine doing, client after client after client, maybe. And I'd be like, like that sinking feeling you had, do you, do you meditate or how do you keep, you know, keep going? Just. Yeah. Energizer? It's intrinsic, man. Um, you know, I just want to deliver. I just want to deliver for people. Um, you know, I've always been, a not a people pleaser, but like if somebody asks me to do something, I want to do a good job. So when someone hires me, like I get, I get, I get motivated when a client like wants to train, like nice. it's an opportunity to like help somebody. Like that's how my mind internalizes. It's not about just someone just giving me money. It's about right. them asking me to help them to achieve this thing. They're like, Hey, can you help me? And I need to see you at 6am tomorrow. And I'm like, uh -huh. that means me getting up at four 30 to get to you by 6am. Let's do it. I, wow. I'm going to charge you. I'm going to charge you for it. I'm going to charge you for it. But because I have to, I have to value my time. Yeah. But, um, I'm not getting up because of the money I'm getting up. Cause you, you're going to be there showing up. Yeah. Right? Like that. Like you asked me I, for help. I don't know how you give that to somebody. I don't know how you give that to, to anybody. It's intrinsic. It's in me. It's baked into my DNA. Um, I can't really tell you any other, any other reason why other, other than that. Um, I mean, I then, feel like you know, it's people asking somebody asks you, and now they're asking you for help. And like with most humans, if someone asks for help, you're going to give them the help. You just have the added benefit. They're going to pay you for that help. Yeah. You know, and you're an expert and you probably get paid. I would say probably like the top tier pricing based on just location alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I should probably be, be, be charging more, but it ranges anywhere from a hundred to 200 an hour. 
just it just it just depends on like where okay. what time yeah you know the these days that seems that seems pretty fucking reasonable honestly yeah <laughs> yeah man yeah i mean i'm just happy i'm just happy to be where i am honestly and okay so you're developing your client list you're growing where do where do you see this going you know forward what what are your plans going forward? yeah yeah i mean honestly I, i'm always like in a state of evaluation and reevaluation. and i looked at myself um about a year ago and i was like you know what i want to do i want to keep doing this you know i'm 44 i'm about to I'm 44 yeah <laughs> I'm 40, I'm 40, turning 45 in June. I'm like, how much longer can I keep doing this? Uh, not that I can't. I'm just asking self-talk, right? How do I, Seriously? You know, how much longer can I keep doing this? And I'm like, you know what? I could, I could begin to transition out and like go do something else. Um, I could do that, right? And spend a year or two doing that, knowing that like I'm going to have an end, an expiration date. Or I could like hit this thing for another 10 years. I said it. I can hit this thing hard for ten years, like just like trying to crush it, make as much money as I can, smart. Um, and then, but I said, if I want to do that, I need to, I need to, you know, add some pieces to my game, like Kobe, like Jordan did in their in their latest career parts of their career. I got to add some phases to my game that I hadn't developed, which was the internet. I, I didn't really have a social media presence. I wasn't doing any online coaching. I wasn't doing classes i wasn't doing zoom i was doing any of that stuff so the pandemic hit blew me up a lot of my clients went south you know went south figuratively um i wasn't really working i wasn't really training the clients because nobody was working out in person wow so I, I slowly developed uh zoom and doing like an online you know part of my parts of my game um and then i slowly started to develop my social media which is how i ran you know came across your buddy um, just, you know, just put myself out there and develop the online content. Cause what I realized is that, um, if, if I'm going to be in this, in this game for the next 10 years, I need to be built for hiccups, like what just happened with COVID, right. And that whole disruption, right. So yeah. I need to have the other phases of my business, not just in person. Um, but if I want to scale up my operation and not be dependent on me meeting somebody one-on-one, I, I have to be able to scale up my operation in a lot of ways. So, you know, it's doing classes online, it's, you know, doing, you know, coaching clients. Right. So I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been really developing that stuff. And that's, that's something I think into the next, um, through 22 into 23, I'm just going to continue to grow. You know, I've, I've been, I've been doing, like I said, online coaching, but I haven't done any real formal like advertising for it. Somebody asked me, right. Like I, cause I have to like refine my process. Yeah, I make sure that like the product that I'm the service that I'm offering is really like down pat. Cause when it's, when it's time to add 10, 20 people at a time, I gotta be able to handle that volume. So I'm still, I'm still in that phase of just like refinement, um, and development, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the online coaching. It's, it's some, some version of a zoom product with like, do you have anyone else that's sorry to cut you off? Do you have anyone yeah, that yeah. you, uh, like you know is kind of currently doing that that you could talk to and you know game plan with them like that's a you know another personal trainer that's doing online courses and stuff i mean i know a few people not like leo savage you probably never heard of him maybe you have he swings a mace it's a fitness 
uh, primal fitness. I may have seen him. Well, he, he does, he, he, he created an online course. He travels and does classes, um, you know, around the United States, just teaching them how to swing this mace. And, but he learned from somebody else. And I mean, I think that's a different model than what you would have, but maybe not, but just knowing someone that's doing it or, you know, it's easier than trying to figure it out by yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've um, you know, I've, I've been I've been fortunate enough to work uh, with some of the most um, amazing fitness professionals in my in my earlier career uh, when I was over at my at my corporate. Um, so I, I was at a I was at a corporate gym. Um, not gonna say the name, but uh, I, I was there for about twelve years, and I worked with some of the the top professionals um, in the game. And they've gone on to, you know, have their own businesses and run their own companies and firms and in the business. And, um, yeah, I've, you know, I have contacts with folks. I've done consultations with folks, of, you know, who've developed their own programs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just really, it's just really, you know, where I am right now is where I should be, which is like making sure that like the product that I'm looking to put out is refined and developed and yeah, it, it can, it can handle, like I have the systems in place to handle, you know, not just a handful of people, but 25 to 50 people at a time. And that's, and that's, and that's really where I'm, where I'm, where I'm working to. There was a sweet podcast with Tony Robbins recently. He went on impulsive, um, not Jake Paul, but Logan Paul's podcast. And do you know who Tony Robbins is? Sure. He's like a guy. Big, yeah, big exactly. Voice. Yes, exactly. He, and he just talked about how he, he also was doing everything in person up until COVID never really got on the digital. And then he was forced to go digital and he, you know, he has a, an amazing network of people that probably at his beck and call. And he was able to do these instead of just doing a 5,000 person seminar, he was doing like hundred thousand people seminars and everyone had their own camera and he could see them and they could see him and, he really scaled it. And so mm -hmm. like, I guess like it was just interesting to hear what you're, you're trying to scale digitally and he scaled like massive digitally. And so it might be an interesting podcast for you to watch. I, I was really, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I love him in general, but he was talking about the, the type of like anti-aging CRISPR stem cells and all the, like all these new biological advancements for staying young fit longer mm -hmm. having a, a yeah. better lifestyle um you went to any of that kind of kind of thing yeah you know um i i am ish a little um and i was just talking with it uh speaking of the mark hotel uh, uh there's a there's a there's a there's a doctor the hotel's doctor and dr primus um he he he's into that so he's a physician at the hotel he's into um I called it biohacking, hacking, yeah, but he yeah. called it um, optimization. Yeah, he used the word optimization, um, and he's like an optimization. Um, he's like an optimization junkie. He's got the gadgets. He's drinking drinks. He's got patches on his arms. He's doing like, yeah, and he's a physician. That's so he and I are talking about doing a a podcast um, uh, where I'm where I where I do a podcast and I and I bring on in, interesting, fascinating people that I've met through fitness. He would have been he's gonna be one of my guests to talk about 
his journey into optimization because he's heavy into optimization. He goes to a lot of conferences. He meets other doctors that are into optimization. So he's at the cutting edge. Right. I'm, a, I'm on the periphery. Like I've done like, you know, like, you know, I'm a, I'm an intermittent faster. I've oh, done nice. proof, yeah. bulletproof kind of stuff a little. Right. Um, but this guy, Dr. Primus, he's like into it like crazy. So he and I, he and I, he and I have a podcast date uh, by the end of 22 to, to, to talk about optimization. So you intermittent fast then? All the time. Or, All oh, really? Time. What are your hours? Yeah. Uh, it varies, man. Um, uh, I'll do, I'll do, um, I'll eat as late as 11 PM Okay. as my last meal. And then because of my work schedule, I usually don't get a chance to eat until four or four thirty. Wow. So whatever, whatever, whatever that, whatever that breakdown is, is what yeah. I do. It's like 16 hours or something. Yeah. Or maybe a little bit longer, even 17, 18. Um, yeah. I was I was doing that, but when I take vitamins in the morning, that's my excuse. I don't know. I don't think it's for everybody. Maybe it is. Who knows? Um, I but I don't eat like I don't like to eat a big breakfast. If I eat a big breakfast, like I might as well not do anything that day. But I'm not, you know, like a little bit of oatmeal is what I'll, I'll have in, in yeah. the morning around. Well, basically like eight a.m. and then. Mm-hmm. I'll eat again and I get two or something, but it's mostly like not eating snack foods and, and intermittent fasting. I think really what it does for a lot of people is it cuts out a lot of the excess foods that you would eat when you already ate, you already ate. Now you're just eating because you're bored, you know, like snacking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, so what, what, what winds up happening to me, um, Right, so if I if I eat my last meal at eleven, let's just say it just happens that way. Um, for sure, I'm eating at four o'clock. So if I had my last meal earlier, my window, my my faster window is even longer. But what I find is on those days when, um, on those days when uh, my window, my eating window is shorter, for whatever reason, I have a hard time getting my calories in. Uh-huh. So yeah, you you know you can put your you can put your system on, under duress. Yeah. And you're trying to jam, you know, a day's worth of calories into, you know, five hours, uh, right? Yeah, and you're so just I, like I've, I've actually lost a bunch of weight um, unintentionally just by just just by adhering to, you know, trying to adhere to a, a, an eating schedule. Like, right, eat at four o'clock, or eat at five o'clock, and then if my last meal is say nine thirty, so it's a crazy long window. So, like, you know, it's like nine, almost twenty hours. Um, to then eat three, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm like 220 pounds, 15 pounds or so. So, you know, I need 28, 2900 calories just to like maintain muscle. And if I go under like, so I like, I've like lost like body fat and like gotten leaner just from, just from doing IF. It's not so much the power of IF, the fact that I can't eat all my calories in the window. Right. Yeah. You don't have time. You don't Um, have time. That's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's not it's not for everyone, but it it, it is power. It, it's fascinating. It's powerful. A lot of people are doing it and talking about all the benefits and you increase in human growth hormones and just feeling better, mental clarity. You end up somehow having more energy. Sometimes it seems like maybe because you're not weighed down from 
shit food but and maybe yeah. you'll be more uh conscious of what you are eating when you finally get to eat because then if you're intermittent fasting and then eating shit food that would just be kind of funny yeah well i i found i found that um the intermittent intermittent fasting made me like it i'm just so much more mindful during the day it, it almost like because i know i'm going to eat at four i don't think about food so i just focus on it's like once you train your body and your brain it's more more so so it's like hey we're going to eat in four hours it's like all my energy can then be focused on the task at hand so if i'm seeing five six seven eight nine clients in a row that requires my engagement mentally it, it's a mental marathon at that point, exactly. right? When you, when you imagine if you had to do seven podcasts in a row, right? No, exactly. Right? This, this is, this is engaging. You and I are engaged. You're not like off in the back, you know, sipping coffee while I'm here talking, like you're facing the screen where, you know, we're, we're engaged. Imagine doing that five, six, seven times a day. You'd be wiped out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's out. like, um, like you said, a mental marathon. Um, I, I think about people that have your kind of scenario where you're the product, like barbers, you're cutting hair all fucking day and just our, or, or therapists. It's like one after the other, this another mm -hmm. dude with their problems and you got to sit there and listen. And do you ever get tired of that? I, I, I think you have to be a people person and I'm not, not a pre people person, but I'm kind of not a people person in the sense that it, it kind of is, I don't get energy so much from hanging around other people. It's kind of more like I got, I feel like I got to be on kind of like you were just saying, but some people do get a sense of like energy from being around other people. Whereas others don't, I think I'm not sure. Yeah. It, 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 I think it requires, um, it's a little bit of acting. It's, it's a little bit of like, Showtime, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, I mean, I was a professional athlete for a few, for a few years. And it's like, when you, when it's game day, it's like a mode that players get into yeah. it's not practice, right? It's not, it's not working out. Right. Those are different modes. When it's game day, there's a certain like mindset that you bring a certain energy that you bring because you're on this prime time. And nice. they were saying to me like, why, why are you so upbeat? It's like, I never say it, but in my head, I'm like, that's what I get paid to do. That's a part of the job. Yeah. It's not just to show up. It's to show up. You're paying for a smile. Hey, how's it going? All right, let's go. Come on, let's go. All right. Right. Not, not in like a, you know, fake and like me. I'm, I'm just enthusiastic. No, I, I, I kind of so. bring the energy to the session because yeah. I can't have, I can't hey, uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, you ready to work out? Uh, they're not coming back. <laughs> You know right, saying? like I gotta carry folks sometimes. I gotta put them on my back, and I gotta carry them through the hour. Wow, that's pretty cool, though. All right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I carry, I gotta carry, put them on, on my back. Let's go. You wanna do this you workout? Get something out of that, though. Like at the end of the day, it's got to be some sense of fulfillment that you're helping these people. Otherwise, why would you be doing it? Right? It's not for the money yeah. only. I enjoy it, man. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I, I mean, I'll never forget. I was, I was, so I was in the arena football league and, um, we were, we were finishing up our season and maybe like a week or two, maybe two or three weeks 
until the season was going to end. We were like all in our hotel room because the team had us. Um, we were in we were in Michigan, and the team had us in a hotel on the the top floor of a hotel. That was like our dorm because we didn't we didn't have living living situation proper. So we were all sitting around in a room by right, a bunch of twenty something year old guys, and um, we were like, "Hey, man, what, you know, season's going to be ending. What are you going to be doing?" And um, I'll never forget. Um, Guys are like, yeah, I'm a teacher, you know, I'm going back home to, I don't know, whatever. I want to mow lawns, I want to do landscaping, right? Because most guys, they had, like, odd jobs in the office. Right. So one, well, the, the other guy that was from Brooklyn, he happened, happened to be from Brooklyn. He played at Hofstra University. His name was Alvon Brown. He says, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Is, I mean, this was like in, this, this like in 2000. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, hey, basically, you know, I get paid to work people out. I was like, what? You get paid to do that? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, like That's funny. I love to work out. I was like, well, how do I do it? He told me three months later, I was a personal trainer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It yeah. made me think of the, all of the, I mean, all of the 20 year old life coaches we have now online. I don't know why I thought of that, but you know how you have like a, somebody doesn't know what they're doing, trying to tell you. How to yeah, right. live you live your life. <laughs> I mean, it's you're totally lucky. different because you're like a legit like life coach in the sense that you're improving people's lives through their physical fitness. I, yeah, I, I could do it. I yeah, could. Tony Robbins, better watch out. Yeah, hey, don't uh, don't turn your back on me, brother. Because, but you can look at look to him for inspiration. I've always gotten a lot from him and. You know, that's I, I, I like motivational speakers. I kind of want to one day be something like that because I've taken a lot of I've read a lot of books and I've adhered to a lot of the principles. And I maybe it was all innate in me to be successful one day, but I always give the credit to like these books that I read, like mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, has these. Have you read that? I read that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just some basic do's and don'ts about mm-hmm. business, really. I mean, yeah. how bad do you want it? You know, do you yeah. believe you can do it? Visualizing, yeah. do you do yeah. any visualize? And do you do visualization at all? Uh, no, I haven't. I've kind of gotten away from that, man. I was um, but you used I was to. In a, uh, yeah, I, I was in a uh, I was in a network marketing business um, before. Um, like in my earlier personal training days, and um, part of the part of the the curriculum were these was the self help component, and we they they had us reading so many of these books, uh, and I just loved them, man. I like Me like, too. Had a, like 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 a, like a book of the month, a book of the week. I remember, and like I would just buy extra books. Yes. They were all like Napoleon Hill, and like you said, Think and Grow Rich, and a bunch of others that I can't remember. But um, I just got into the self help stuff and um i just digested all these books man i'm on my if i was to turn my camera right now my shelf uh my my bookshelf is loaded with these books that i that i read to kind of help me just keep my mind and i I just never got away from it like it was like ingrained and like so i yeah i don't do a lot of practice um but a lot of the foundations have have been kind of like ingrained into my into my psyche yeah i think at some point you stop the visualizing and you're, now you're already in motion. You know, it started. Maybe you do when it. You were, right. Yeah. Cause before you start, 
maybe you don't know what you're going to do and you can try to visualize where you want to be one day. But then once you, once the ball is rolling, like whether you visualize it or not, you did that. You already did that part. Now you're in the doing aspect and maybe every now and then go back to it. I try to get, I try to remember to maybe, cause there's, you're never done with goals. It's always, you reach one goal and it's the next goal. So mm-hmm. I, and there's, there's long-term goals and short-term goals. I, I used to visualize myself running my hand across the nose of my own private jet and I could feel like the texture of the logo sheath was on it. And um, we don't have one yet. And maybe, yeah, yeah, but maybe we will, maybe we won't. You can lease them sometimes anyways. You can, you can, you can get there many, there's many ways to get there, man. Um, But something you said uh, just reminded me of a, um, of a, of a quote I saw recently and I posted on, on my Instagram, uh, one of my reels, it was a quote that I saw. I don't, they said Mike Tyson said it. I, did, I don't even know if he did, but um, they, they, they used his image to, to push the quote, but basically, and I'm paraphrasing, he said that he doesn't dream anymore uh, because um, that he, that, that he manifests now he doesn't dream, but he manifests because dreams um, like, Dream, like dreams like dreams don't come true like he, he has way more success manifesting i thought it was powerful so the statement alone is powerful right yeah like manifest don't don't dream um but coming from mike tyson who i thought was ironic who made over 300 million dollars in his career as a boxer at his height at the height of his career lost it all went broke and right now literally right now is on pace to make more than he did as a boxer Wow. That's badass. So, I mean, that's powerful. That's even more powerful coming from Mike Tyson saying that, right? Because he could, like many people have gone broke, you never hear from them again. Right. And this guy, he's back. He's back in a big way. He's making tons of money. He looks like he's having fun, and I'm very, yeah. I'm very happy to see it. So Yeah, it's, good. it's awesome having him back in the, in the, in the scene. I, th- I mean, my interpretation of how you explain what he was saying would be, that with like dreams, there might it might just kind of be up in the open. Like maybe one day I want to be rich or whatever. But like manifesting yeah. is intentional. You know, you're like I make it happen. Sure, I think Action. it. Yes, but then it, and then you just get after it and get it done, and then it's on to the next. Because once you, once you hit these milestones, I don't know if you've ever checked yourself and been like, Oh, all right, I'm fucking, I'm doing all right. You know, that did it or whatever kind of type of a scenario for a moment. You look around and you made it so to speak, but you can only do that for like a second, you know, like a minute. Cause then for me anyways, I, I'm always still hungry for it's never, there's, I'm never satisfied. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my wife says that to me. Um, you know, whenever I tell what my next idea is, she's like, what? "Like another another idea." And in my head, I'm like, "Have we have I led you wrong yet?" But it's like yeah. I get what she's saying, and I get what people are saying is that you do have to enjoy. You do have to pause sometimes. You do have to look at you know at what cost is the additional thing that you're going for, right? If you're not seeing your kids, or if you're not yeah, you're not fulfilled, fulfilling all other parts of your life, then 
you might not want to, you know, go for that next million or that next business or, you know, whatever. I mean, everyone's got to make their own, you know, self analysis, but she says it to me all the time. She's like, another, another thing. Yeah. It would be nice to kind of just accept your, I'm, I'm good. This is good. I'm doing pretty good. I think that would be, that, that could be nice. I'm not sure. Maybe one day I'll, I'll get there, but I still have a long way to go, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep shooting for the stars and maybe I'll hit the moon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for sure, man. I mean, look, you, I think, I think it's important to, um, have long-term, you know, long-term goals and, you know, short-term goals and, Give, give like give yourself room to kind of like fall somewhere in between, right? Like not have to put too much pressure on yourself to have the to have the yacht or, or the jet, as you said, right? Maybe it's a maybe maybe you maybe you're able to do a partnership with a firm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like the way. Totally, that's what my wife. Other, is that's what my wife was saying. She's just like, we'll just do like the Kardashians. She's like the Kardashians don't even buy jets, so just. Do you, you don't want the maintenance issue of owning. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, just right. But um, I like what you said about doing your own podcast. I think it's a great learning experience. You meet new people, have great conversations, put yourself out there. And, you know, like some people, their trajectory is, is faster than others. But if you're having fun along the way, I think that's, what will shine through and um, ultimately get you where you, I mean, you're going to get where you need to be. This is just one other like little avenue of potentially growing some, yep. some awareness about who you are, what you do. And it looks like you're doing great things and helping a lot of people. I really appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with me and sh- shooting the breeze. Uh, yeah, man. It's a fast hour, man. It goes quick, man. And yeah. Having a good conversation with interesting people. Absolutely. Very cool. I'm so happy that you came on. Um, hopefully we can, we can meet up one day if I ever make it out to Brooklyn, but I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if you ever come to Colorado, we'll get a workout in. You we do both, man. We, we can do, we, we can do a, we can do a West coast, a West coast connect and then come out to Brooklyn. Uh, we got some of the best food in New York city right now. Brooklyn is hot, man. Brooklyn. Some of the best, uh, some of the best wine shops, and some of the best um, new restaurants in okay, the last good. several years are in Brooklyn. That's and good to hear. Value, best, the best value for your money right now is in Brooklyn. BK, the BK, Nets. <laughs> that too. I can't wait to play. You know what? I, I gotta, I gotta get my playoff tickets. But oh yeah, shit! Nets for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to play basketball. So I was going to ask you, but you said you were in, doing arena football. But I, I used to want to be a professional basketball player, and it didn't go my way. But I learned a lot of like strong work ethic from just working so hard to try to be average. And mm-hmm. you know, it was a sports. I really encourage people to engage in sports. I think it's good. For oh you. man. It's necessary. Yeah, especially as a kid. Yeah, essential. It's essential. Essential. Well, thank you, Dan Flores. Thank you for coming on. I I believe people can find you on Instagram at Dan Flores. 
Yeah, uh, Dan Flores, uh, Dan Flores Training uh, is my Instagram handle. It's also my Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, TikTok. I recently ventured down the TikTok you rabbit hole. You got to do it. And that's, that's been fascinating as well. Is it? You getting a little yeah. traction on there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm still I'm still getting my um, – so – my, my my Instagram stuff is way more uh, consistent, right? If I post a reel, I'm getting like really good engagement, really good, you know, followers. My followers, like, I went from like 700 followers to it's like really hard now. By the way, if you, if if you don't know, like, the Instagram algorithm is like really hard to like navigate. Um, but I went from like I basically doubled my following um, since November. Uh huh. Um, that is good. Yeah, right. Just like focusing on it, but like I'll post stuff that does well on Instagram, on TikTok and cricket. Oh, wow. And my stuff on Instagram is very like straight, straight up the middle. Hey guys, I'm dead. This is that. It's the best exercise you're not doing. Right. 30 yes. seconds real, you know, some, some quick shots of me doing a move, right. 2k yeah. resolution, my shirts off abs out. Right. I get 4,000 views, right. 5,000 views, 8,000 views crickets on TikTok. But what I found is that, you know, so I try a bunch of stuff, right? I don't, you know, I'm just going through the process and I post learn. like reaction videos on TikTok and I get 20,000 views. Uh, reactions to what? Tons. Like car chases? To like, work? to like, no, it's all, it's fitness based, right? Yeah. So it'll be like a guy failing on a bench, right? Getting crushed by like a bench press, like right. failing or... Yeah. Like I did, a, I did a, I did a Ronnie Coleman. I was a kind of, I was kind of poking fun at, cause I, like I would see Ronnie Coleman, like these videos, like people glorifying Ronnie Coleman and like these bodybuilders who lifted like yeah. tons of weight. And when you see them now, they're like wrecked. Oh no. Right. So, yeah. So, so I posted a, a tongue in cheek, um, a video of Ronnie Coleman, like loading up, like what looks like thousands of pounds on the ball. He's like, all right, baby, lightweight. I'm going to lift this weight. And they're like, like 10 years later, he's like uh, on crutches. Uh-huh. That got like 20,000 people, 20,000 bros, like really on me. Like, how dare you disrespect Ronnie? Uh, truth hurts. Like, so, Ouch. So it's like, it's like the stuff that like gets a reaction is the stuff that like, is, is like showing somebody getting hurt or making fun of somebody or. Yeah. It's like the video version of Twitter or something, maybe like where they want controversy, whereas Instagram is not so much controversy, right? Maybe not controversy, but like, well, well it's the algorithm, it's the algorithm and it's how people respond to the video. So the more they watch, the more the video gets rated. And then the more of that type of content gets pushed out. So people like don't, so right. It's about, it's about, I think the, it's about what the platform is used to. So people on the platform are used to extremes, uh-huh. right? And you're like, you like you have a like, like subtle, like a chill video. It's not going to get the reaction. No right. Even interested. Yeah. Like, you got so to be over the top or it's gotta be so like the hook has gotta be so catchy in the first three seconds. Cause that's when the viewer stops watching in three seconds, which is crazy. Think about that. Wow. All right. Three seconds. They make three a decision seconds. if they want to watch it or not. So you got to get them in three seconds. And you do that by doing something crazy. Have you heard of Mr. Beast? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. I'm now. I'm learning about the like YouTube and I and TikTok because there is a method to it all. You got You can't just get on there. You got to study it and kind of figure out what works. Otherwise, you'll be spinning your wheels. You know. Yeah. So 
you're doing what you need to do. You're getting on the internets, yeah. putting yourself out, out there. there yeah. I'm out there, man. I'm messing around. Yeah, and you you got a good look to you, you know, so that helps too, you know, if you're not hideous. Yeah. Yeah, listen, you know what? Um, I think my mom and my daddy, I'm just, you know, I'm working with working what I got. Yeah. <laughs> doing the best I can. But yeah, man, it helps to helps to have a good look, man. Yeah, so work work it stay positive you read all the books you know what to do you're already doing it but you yeah know, for sure we're just keep on keeping on thank you for coming on i'm gonna let you go thank, thank you, my you. Brother. thank you so much and thank you everyone for joining us me and dan having a good conversation we'll see you back next week peace thank you thank you. all right brother have a good night